what it is what's up uh got your podcast in the cut and one i'm gonna step up the music quality no, music quality fuck me the mic quality pretty soon i have a couple bills that need to get paid off uh i know you don't hear about personal life but a couple bills are gonna get paid off i got a um i gotta pay my usual power bill but I got, you know, stocks. I'm, I'm fucking in stocks right now. I mean, stocks are like, a, you know, 2007 Kim Kardashian. And, and my, my brain is, is Ray J. Now, I'm hitting it first. I'm doing decently right now. I also got some DoorDash on the side that's uh, supplying some extra income. Although I have not done DoorDash this week because I'm lazy. Um, so I should be able to afford a mic within the next month. Uh, school is going out pretty soon. I should be able to make up some of that, some of that uh, lost income, so to speak. Anyway, um, you didn't come here to hear about my personal life. You came to hear about Auburn football and some of my takeaways about Auburn football. Um, and I have a, I have a few. I want to do this earlier, but then I didn't because I took a nap instead. And I really didn't take a nap either. I just laid in bed for three hours and just fucking watched. Uh, Penn State get Pato touched by by Indiana. The one of the if you thought that Ole Miss had a hell of a choke, what Penn State did was uh, <laughs> was borderline <laughs> maybe the worst loss I think I've seen from a uh, superior team against an inferior opponent. They looked pathetic. Goodness gracious. Um, but this game here. So let's break down five takeaways. You know, they're going to be pretty short because this is going to be pretty short. Uh, fuck me. This is a pretty short little segment uh, or episode, whatever. So first one, time of possession. Auburn played, both teams played ball control. Auburn played it better in my opinion. Um, they had one, people say like a fumble on a, on a, a fumble on Shivers? Yeah, Shivers. A fumble on Shivers that wasn't even looked at in the last drive. It was, it was clearly, like, not a fumble. Like, there's no reason to stop ball after that. But other than that, I don't think there's any ball security issues I can think of right now. Um, Bo, at most, probably had two potential picked balls, at most. I guess, really high ball in it. Uh, played a pretty safe game. Tank is a monster. I don't think Tank, like, that... I don't think I've seen Tank get close to putting the ball on the ground. He just doesn't. Uh, receivers played very safe with the ball except when they dropped it, but you know that didn't happen too often. Uh, there, was, there was actually one receiver that almost fumbled the ball, and I think about it, but I can't remember who it was. Uh, but very safe game, usually with the ball, and that was cool. That was great to see. Um, so yeah, ball control we did that well. Bo extended drives with his legs. He uh, didn't do too much side to side when he ran. He just went forward, which helped a lot. Uh, doesn't have a second gear speed, but usually his first first giddy up gets you a good three or four yards, which is helpful. Uh, Tank, uh, just a fucking monster. I mean, broke like at least. By my measure, I didn't have the little hand doohickey that the sideline uh, fella had. Uh, Chad or, or, or Brad, or whatever his name is, Brad. Uh, but I would say at least 21 broken tackles. Like, I, if you if you count that kickoff return, at least 21 broken tackles. Uh, I'm looking at my plan. I'm pretty sure my plan is dying over there, but I'll, I'll try to help him out later. Uh, <laughs> and DJ broke a couple. Shivers had a hell of a day. Shivers, 
he's probably going to be the backup running back and he reasonably should. I don't think anyone should start, start, start over Tank. But Shivers did a great job of spelling uh, Tank. And that was beautiful to see. Not many uh, reverses, just Shivers goes inside out, which is what I didn't think he was capable of doing, but he did that today. Uh, and a, a big reason why he was able to do that is number two. Uh, Pegues is, I know with Council down, Council's probably the most versatile offensive lineman. And I would contend that Pegues is the most versatile blocker on the team because Council can't go out there in the receiver spot and block. And Pegues, when he blocks as a receiver, usually doesn't like necessarily move much. He's kind of just like a um, the immovable objects himself, and the guys are kind of the receiver moves around him. He's kind of like it's like an Oklahoma drill. Uh, you got one guy against one guy. You play football, you know this. One guy against one guy, lineman against lineman. In this case, it's Council against a DB, and then Shivers or Stove or Seth or whoever they choose one way or the other around that, and then it's up to the other DB that's waiting around a linebacker sometimes to go around and try to pick the other side. It's pretty much cat and mouse. And Pegues' body just allows him to do so many things with that situation. Um, good as an extra offensive lineman. Decent as a tight end. I think he had one catch. No, he didn't. I think he had one attempt today, but I don't think he caught it. Um, decent hands. Uh, he didn't have... I know in the Georgia game, when they tried to do a wheel ride, he didn't have gloves on then. I don't know if he had gloves on now, but he's decent hands. Um, just, a, just an overall great athlete. I mean, it just he was an incredible get back then. He's an incredible get now. Uh, probably the most, We didn't even use him in the Wildcat quarterback role, which he probably could have a couple times today, but great game. Uh, number three, hands on the receiver scene. These would be substantially better. Uh, Schwartz, I believe... One drop, two drops. I want to say one drop, but maybe two. I know he had one drop today. That was that was big. Uh, when momentum was shifting. Uh, number five, I want to say is that. I think it's I think it's Kobe Hudson. Yeah, Kobe Hudson had a really big drop. Uh, Stove had a bad pass from Nitz that would have been a first down. But again, the momentum was shifting. Uh, I don't think we made anything made anything out of that drive, which was unfortunate. Uh, I think it's gonna drive that Gus punted on fourth and one. In fact, but yeah, that was that was a tough one. Uh, Schwartz had a drop. Kobe had a drop. Anybody else have a drop? I don't know. I don't think anybody else had a drop that I can think of. Maybe, maybe Capers, but I didn't have to really look that one up. Uh, but in good news, his hands. Shanker had a, a couple incredible catch. Well, he had one incredible catch. Uh, Schwartz had a really tough catch after his drop, after his big drop. That was a real game changer. It was on the last drive, I believe, that we needed to score. He had a good catch on that. Um, Seth had <laughs> Seth had a Seth day. I could go on and on about Seth. Seth is, you know, I, I try to contend that it, Duke was close at one point in terms of, you know, it's what he could do on the field. Um, and Duke might still be a marginally better route runner because Seth does have a problem sometimes getting open or like creating real separation. But at the same time, I think that I feel like to me, Nick Marshall did a better job of sticking the ball out than Bo does. Although Bo did decent with that today. Uh, generally speaking, I think Marshall's are better at sticking the ball out. So Duke didn't have to necessarily create separation. 
I would still probably say Duke has a better radius than Seth, but I just think like Seth can do so many different like weird things with the ball. Like, I mean, it's just you know catch, take three steps and hurdle over somebody. Um, you just put it up, throw it to Schwartz. Seth just comes in the frame and just snatches it down himself through two people. Uh, I mean, the dude is just a ridiculous talent. That that last touchdown, uh, it, it's one of the, those throws you get from Bo every couple of games where it's like, this dude should be a legitimate NFL talent. Where he throws, he sticks it out there in the back shoulder where only uh, Seth can get it. Seth can react fast enough to back shoulder passes like just about nobody else. I would say that's the one thing that nobody else that I've watched has that Seth does. He can his reflexes to back shoulder, like just snap and look back at the ball better than anybody else we've ever had in my time watching. Um and then he takes that, he break he like kinda does a little I think one guy just missed a tackle, but he, he does a little, you know, a little shimmy and get past the other D B and then he's just gone. He also has speed that, that Duke didn't have. Duke didn't have the speed um that Seth does. We really see Seth kind of get a chance to just run. Uh, he's usually like very possession catch type in this offense, but that dude has some good wheels on him. He got out there and he got his third game-winning touchdown of his career, which is crazy to think about because he's, you know, playing a very piss-poor passing offense to say the very least. Uh, and he also played his first year with Slayton and uh, I believe Ryan Davis too, if I remember correctly. So, I mean, he, he's just had some competition. He's had tough quarterback play, and he still made the most of it. Uh, probably the best receiving talent, again, that I've seen in my time on the, the team. Uh, number four, the defense still is not looking very good, although I would contend that it looked – I would contend that it looked improved slightly, but we definitely don't look much better than Ole Miss's defense, which was the absolute worst defense in collegiate football. We look marginally better than the worst defense in collegiate football. Now, you can say that, how would I phrase this? You can say that Lane Kiffin's offense is going to put a way different strain on our defense than most would. But, I mean, we just played South Carolina, who, for all intents and purposes, they scored three times, 21 points off of three picks. So, you just say that if there's two less picks instead of three, you probably win that game by double digits. Okay, I give you that. But South Carolina still isn't a good team on offense. They have Connor Hill, who's shaky at best. I don't think they can have a good running back anymore. And, you know, they have Shy Smith. That's about the size of it. Gave up, I don't even know how much, 30 to, to Arkansas? Like 28 to Arkansas to Felipe Franks? But the Felipe Franks was like Brandon Allen out there. That wasn't a good, uh, good look. And then Terry Wilson has looked objectively fucking terrible since the game we played uh, against him. But he looked like a superstar today, or that that, that game. So that was tough. Uh, I would say, I would contend that our interior presence is probably the worst other than Ole Miss in the conference. Uh, Kobe Wooden is getting better and better every game, but Bryant just gets lost most times. Uh, the other, the, whoever the other defensive lineman is, the defensive tackle is at any given moment, tends to just get blown by uh, Russell's supposed to be a run stopper. He didn't really do that much. Is he? I think he's still on the team. Yeah, well, I think Dante is still on the team. But um, no, I think no. Russell is gone. It's Daquan Newkirk. I'm thinking about. Yeah, Daquan Newkirk didn't really do much. Uh, yeah, I think he got hurt a couple games ago. 
And then Tyrone Truesdale, I'm saying our defensive line is just pretty much get pushed around. Uh, Papo, another game you contend he looked just too small on the field. You could easily say that and probably be right. But he did try his hardest and had a couple of really important tackles for loss. Um, the linebacker, well, I think you have, is it Sherwood playing that now or is it Tut? I think Tut plays star. I think I have Sherwood basically playing like linebacker in effect at this point. And um, he got banged up, which didn't help. But I don't know. The linebacker play, they, they the contain is bad. The spy would seem like non I don't know if necessarily Steele caught a ton of spies, but the, the spy play was just non-existent. They, they got inside, outside whenever they wanted to. Uh, Plumlee and Coral, they got that whenever they wanted. Um, and the way that uh, Ole Miss just shorted the front seven and just said, we're not going to let Bo beat us with the exploitations off the reads that he was making, we never made that decision. I mean, Ole Miss kind of just started selling on offense. They just were like, just start chucking or just not run the ball as much, which kind of made it easy for us. But we never really made that adjustment, I feel like. Which goes back to Steele. Steele, I think, is just, it's had a terrible, terrible year so far. I know he's had his hands like tied behind his back. KJ out. Um, Quinn's Miller goes crazy. Um, Chandler Wooten, you know, COVID-related issues. Uh, just a, a ton of issues that have occurred. But, I mean, you know, you got you to gotta either get more linebackers that aren't projects, or you got to, like, you got to figure something out. You, I know COVID, no one looks forward to COVID, but, like, the scheme does not seem to be holding up against any kind of matchup. South Carolina traditional offense doesn't hold up against them. Uh, Ole Miss, you know, themselves being very very thin, very quick very paced our smaller guys got lost even in that situation they're supposed to match up for that type of offense they still got done pretty badly I would say uh, you know I mean Georgia bigger obviously Georgia just beat us down I mean that was going to happen we don't play well against any type of offense it seems like so that, that defense is going to be very much a problem especially against LSU seems to have found their quarterback of the future with um, with TJ Finley. If I think Orgeron plays a lot of politics in his inside and outside the field, but especially inside the field, locker room, he's played a lot of politics. But I think if he cares for his job, like really cares for his job, uh, I think he's going to want to just let the best quarterback win. And I don't think he did that with Brent, but I think he's going to do it now. So that's that. Um, Trying to talk this fucking shit. Uh, I'll a win-win. If you ever just want to talk to a female, just say, I'm glad that you're entertaining me. I'm glad you entertain my, uh, desires. There you go. That's my little tip for y'all today. Next time you talk to a female, you got nothing to say. Just say, I'm glad you're entertaining. And then answer whatever you want to insert. It doesn't really matter. Um, did a good job on Elijah Moore. Did great on him. He, um... I thought, I thought the play where we got a pick off or McCreary got a pick was a bad play by I think Kiffin wanted to do too much um, he says a, he's just like a back pick and then you have the slot, the slot receiver is more more goes out the outside receiver comes in basically sets a pick on a, about I think it's like two DBs and then McCreary was 
faded out a little bit on uh on more but more kind of drifts off way too back in the end zone McCreary steps up and gets the pick off just a great play a great recognition by McCreary and then just a, a unnecessary play design by Kiffin and a bad route by uh, what's his name um Mingo got a couple of catches Ely didn't do too much running the ball uh which is you know very good guy in the open space we did good on him at least catching the ball um and then Yaboa who had I, I believe a pretty massive bust on Tut uh also dropped what probably could have at least been the game tying touchdown uh that would have I, don't, I honestly don't think it would have been a touchdown because there was two guys relatively close to him but he was a, he's a pretty big tight end and those guys were safety I think he probably could have ran over them and got the touchdown pretty easily but oh I just say that he had a pretty good day we didn't have a tight end matchup and I think our tight end matchups would usually be like Britt or or uh the other one Wooten but our bigger linebackers just aren't playing this season so what can you do uh, run a game look bad. I, I think I already said that to some effect. So I'm, I think I'm down four um, takeaways. Really, probably about eight or seven, eight or nine at this point. Really, but last takeaway, I don't believe that we look good enough to be like eight and two the rest of the way. You know, like some people pretend that oh, Gus has just turned a corner now and everything to have another meaningless comeback of a season. I don't think that's where we're at. I mean, we beat. A one and four team, a formerly one and three team that you know doesn't have the same crowd that Alabama will have, or I'm pretty sure at this point Starkville. I imagine Starkville will probably have about quite a few people because the further you go down the way, the apparently the more open it seems to SEC programs are with just letting whoever the fuck come in. Even though COVID cases are going up like every ten thousand, tens of thousands a day, um, stadiums are just opening back up pretty much on mass. So that's that's great to see. Uh, but that's just where we're at. So Mississippi State game will probably have more people there than Ole Miss game did. Um, LSU will be at home. They'll probably be our twenty-five percent, maybe thirty percent capacity. I imagine by that point. But uh, Halloween game, so you know the the appearance might be iffy. It's a two-thirty game though, so there'll probably be quite a few there. It, I think it really was thought to be a night game, which would have been uh, probably very shaky in terms of attendance because you know parties obviously, but. Now and now it might be pretty pretty good attendance. Uh, trying to think, trying to think, trying to think. Well, I think the only really road game that matters is is Tuscaloosa. That's going to be a tough one. It's it's just Tuscaloosa, Starkville, and that's about it. I think Tennessee's at home, LSU's at home, and them is at home. So that's we're five down the way, and, and we got five left, and three appears to be at home. I think so. That's not too bad. Um, I can see them beating without a doubt. Mississippi State, as long as they play as disciplined um, on on the uh, back end as they did today, other than Tut. Tut was just fucking terrible. But Tut, I, I, there's nothing to do about Tut, man. Tut is just shot at this point. He reminds me a lot of Javaris Davis uh, towards the end of a couple of years ago. This last year, I think it's last year, actually 2019, but he reminds me of 2018 Javaris Davis, where he was just like not seeing the field whatsoever, just like. <laughs> Let anything go past them. However, whoever's matched up against them, just a liability. After having a good couple of years of being the boy, uh, Javaris was just shot in 2018. That's where I think Tut is at. Tut just apparently is just not seeing anything at this point. He's just kind of out there going through the motions. And 
I think McCreary matches up well against Mississippi State's best receiver. I forgot his name, but he went off against LSU quite a bit. Uh, Pritchett and Pritchett slash what's the other one's name? Jalen Simpson. They uh they do good work. I mean, like the wide receiver two is Elijah Moore. The wide receiver two is between you know Mingo Sanders and, and Drummond. Many of those guys who we got off that much, not many catches that way. And then I mean, you know, Core went sixteen twenty seven for only five point seven yards per, and that's with a sixty a sixty yard completion. So, I mean, that's pretty decent. You know, that's pretty solid. You, you can take that home. I don't see LSU is just so like okay. So Finley had his first start against South Carolina, a middling team, but it's on it's at home, right? So that's pretty big boost this is gonna be his first game i know what last time this happened was brandon harris and brandon harris had his first he had a decent first start but his first true road game was against us it was the second game of his career and he looked horrible against auburn now, that's a far better auburn team 2014 but i just had to say that you know this could easily be fool's goal even nitz looked good against south carolina to a certain degree before the pick started rolling in he just became erratic so, I don't put too much stock in that Finley game, but, I mean, Marshall's a problem. Uh, I forgot the other brother's name they, they had. His name was like Jeffrey or some shit. Started with a J. Jenkins. Jenkins looks like a problem today, so that's going to be tough. Uh, we usually don't play too many teams that have two top-end receivers, but that probably be what we face today or next Saturday. Uh, so, that's going to be tough, but... I think their running game isn't that interesting to me. Uh, Price is okay. He's not Edwards Hilaire. He's not Fournette. He's okay. He's like um, Hilliard or some one of their like filler backs, like one of the guys you kind of remember too much, like Hilliard or or Blue, somebody like that. He he, he shouldn't be a game changer necessarily, but I say that you know knocking on wood, of course. And I, I don't know. I, I just don't. I don't. I feel like that should be a push. I think that it will be Auburn favored by about one and a half to two, maybe one and a half to two and a half going into that game. But I say these are pretty much two even teams. Both have very susceptible secondaries. Both kind of like are just getting to their identity at this point, five games into the season. So it's going to be interesting to see that occur. So I say LSU's a push. Mississippi State should be a win. I think A&M was a push. I think Alabama should be a loss. And then that leaves uh, Tennessee. I, I don't believe Tennessee very much. I mean, they Garantano is what Garantano is. I mean, you either, either you're, you're bad and you lose them or you're good and you win against them. So hopefully we're not bad again and lose them again because losing Garantano, man, that dude has not progressed very much since 2018. We shouldn't lose them again. But who knows? Um... I'll say it's a win right now, but I really need to be looking at LSU first before I can uh, commit to that. So, LSU win, Tennessee win, Mississippi State should be a win. Uh, LSU push up, push, push, but let's just say a win for the sake of argument. So, they could go potentially three and two, which would put them at about six and four, which would throw us into yet another four loss spiral. I. To me, seven and three is a minimum for this to be like a acceptable season. I don't think season four is. I don't think he'll get fired with season four, but I don't think season four is acceptable. Uh, I think season four is in the range of you can use COVID and bias as an excuse. 
I don't believe that four and six or three and seven would have been, uh, which I thought we were. If we lose, if we lost today, I think three and seven would have been very attainable. Because uh, I mean, this is about as bad as you're going to see, of course, like I said. But I didn't see many more wins in the schedule. We couldn't beat Ole Miss, which you know, kind of changed the paradigm a little bit. But I, I, I see six and four realistically. And I think that that puts Gus on like next year is the last year type of situation. And I mean, that wasn't like people say Gus is in the hot seat, hot seat every year. Gus was not on the hot seat going to this year. He was nine and three. Bo was hailed as this, you know, second coming of whoever. Um, Chad got hired. Bo, Gus was not on the hot seat coming to this season. Now, after the Georgia ass whooping, he was in the hot seat. That, that kind of shifted it. And then that's looking, basically having a loss against Arkansas. That raised it even higher. But I believe he did not come into the season in the hot seat, but he'll definitely leave season four. Um, on the hot seat. I don't think AM is an acceptable loss from the this standpoint of trying to absolve Gus for only losing to good teams and then South Carolina. Like you can lose to Georgia and Alabama. You can lose to LSU in my opinion. Uh I don't think that nobody wants to lose to LSU. In fact I don't think it should be simple to lose to this bad LSU team at home once again. But I think that maybe you can argue for that, but Mississippi State, Tennessee and um, Ole Miss, I think those are all groups, and you got to win those to like feel decent about his chance of coming back um, without him in the hot seat. But I think regardless of the hot seat going to next season, and 2021, I think it's the season that a lot of people thought was going to be the season anyway. It may not be quite as illuminating because of how shitty recruiting has gone because of how bad Auburn's been, and plus not going to get recruits on campus, which is Auburn's calling card on uh, in terms of recruiting, but. Armage just lost a few guys because they've just been so dog shit on, uh, on, on the field, which just doesn't help. And I think that, um, I think 2021 is his last stand. I really do. I don't think he's going to fire this season unless, like, it got real bad. But even three and seven, like, I don't think that's feasible. But maybe that would get him fired. But other than that, he's coming back. And yeah, that's going to be tough, dude. That's going to be really, really tough to have an entire offseason. Like, Seth's going to be gone. Um, couple of NFL guys like Britt and um, I know Britt talked about it. I can't think of any most that would be an NFL talent, but I know Seth and Britt will be gone. They're like Seth's obviously the 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 linchpin of this receiving core. It does not look like a top end receiving core without him. And the same token, the linebacking core does not look like even top half of the SEC without Britt. And I would suppose wouldn't too, but especially Britt. Uh, Steiner, I don't think is ready for what I see. Brothers definitely isn't ready for what I've heard. And Cam Riley kind of just there. So kind of stuck in a situation with those guys if they leave. But I think he should leave. I just don't know why he would stay right now the way we look. There's no reason to stay. That just be, you know, giving yourself to something you don't need to be giving yourself to. You know, think about yourself for a second, you know. That's going to be about all. Those are my takeaways. Um, hope you enjoyed please support the podcast however you want to do it sharing commenting rating subscribing blah 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 uh tell me i talk too much i mean that's fine i'll try to constrain it next time i want to constrain this one but i just had a lot of thoughts i just started rambling i'm tired so i really started rambling but hope you enjoyed the game um i wanted to i honestly did not care if we lost going into it but 
a win like that does just make you committed, man. It brings you back in. That was a hell of a win. Hell of a game by Seth. Uh, Bo played the type of game you want Bo to play when Tank and the running game is on like it is today. Just be a good game manager. Just be right above game manager. That's all that boy has to do. And Auburn can probably win out uh, aside from Alabama and, and maybe a couple other games somewhere. But peace.